Good morning and welcome to the BSA Capital 5 Minute Morning Miner. It is Tuesday, February the 22nd, and uh, I'm back in the office having had a very good day at Tungsten West yesterday. Um, there's obviously there's a lot of chat about all sorts of things, uh, some of which I can say, some of which I can't say. Uh, but the good news is pretty much everything is on track. It looks like they'll start production right at the start of 2023. Um, just so that people are aware, we've had a lot of questions about obviously, you know, energy prices going up and that sort of thing, and steel prices going up. Uh, energy prices are going up. Steel prices, they locked in a lot of the equipment actually they're buying about eight months ago, so they're pretty much immune from that. But of course, the underlying commodity prices are going up even quicker. So there's not a, an issue in terms of uh, the performance of the project. Um, I'm still absolutely convinced that you'll see the stock at 180p as they go into production, uh, currently sitting at. 57p, just a fraction below the IPO price of 60p. It looks stunningly cheap to me. Uh, uh, do you agree with me, Paul? I wasn't there, so I'm afraid I have to rely on your good judgment. Yeah, but in terms of the valuation, come on. <laughs> anyway, look, it's, if it's high. More, Valuation's if, higher. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if anybody wants more information, uh, there's a lot going on in both the tungsten and the tin market. This is this is. Uh, I was also as you know, at the Campbell School of Mines, and they verified everything I was thinking about Tungsten West. They agree it's an amazing project. Um, and I also met actually somebody else whilst I was down in Cornwall who used to work on it um, 40 years ago and told me it was an amazing project. It's fantastic. Anyway, let's let's move on from that. Anybody wants more information, then feel free to contact us directly. Let's go to the news today. Uh, we probably should start with a big one, Paul, which is Antofagasta, where obviously uh, the, the numbers look pretty good, don't they, actually? But uh, the guidance is a little bit cautious for next year, maybe. Is that right? Yes, I would say that is a good uh, assumption on uh, Antofagasta uh, because of the uh, stronger for longer uh, copper prices, their uh, full year results uh, uh, for um, uh, coming in came in pretty strong here at this point. Uh, revenue was at $7.5 billion or 46% higher uh, year on year and that was because of the 47 percent increase in the copper realized price cash position at the end of the year uh, was at 540 million dollars positive as opposed uh, to what was a negative debt position at the end of 2020 pre-tax profit was up by 146 percent to three and a half billion dollars and earnings per share at 142 uh, us $1.42 for an increase of 161%. Guidance uh, for 2022 is expected uh, between 660 and 690,000 tons of copper and uh, about 190,000 ounces of gold, whereas it was a little bit better than that uh, in this uh, current year, at, uh, and particularly for gold when it was at 252,000 ounces. Uh, or 23.6% better than 2020. So uh, bottom line is a strong set of results here. Uh, maybe not, uh, won't be quite as good uh, as grades decline a little bit and costs rise uh, for 2022. Okay, cracking on, because there's quite a lot of news actually out today. Uh, PYX resources or PICs as we call them, which we've just recently dual listed on the London Stock Exchange, mineral sands out in Indonesia. Um, they've had a little bit of a, uh, an update, Paul. Yes, they sure have. This is Q4 uh, production results for PIX, uh, produced uh, just shy of 2,200 tons of uh, zircon and sold to 2,100 tons of zircon concentrates. 
that's a year-on-year -year increase of 33% on production and 13% on sales. Uh, we also are showing that uh, there was a higher feed grade of heavy mineral in uh, concentrate uh, as well, which means that the plant is running very nicely. Uh, they also grew their customer base by 71% by adding Brazil into the mix and also diversifying further with Chinese customers. And in December, the average uh, Zircon price was up uh, just uh, not too shy of $2,500 a ton for an 87% uh, rise on uh, 2020 numbers. So it's all looking very positive here at this point uh, for uh, PICS continuing to do what they're doing. Yeah, again, anybody interested in that one, please give us a shout. Uh, we've got some good research on that we've published fairly recently. Um, cracking on uh, Cornish Lithium. I'm going back down to Cornwall next week to see Cornish Lithium, so I'm quite interested by that to see what they've got. Uh, but they've signed quite inching heads of terms today, haven't they, with iGas Energy on uh, geothermal today, yeah? Yes, that's right. iGas is also in quoted, uh, but uh, a shale natural gas uh, uh, developer and specifically if there is going to be continued difficulties in trying to get uh, shale gas wells permitted in the UK and it certainly looks like it, that's going to be the case. This uh, production uh, uh, expertise that they have as far as drilling these wells uh, is concerned would be of use to Cornish Lithium as uh, Cornish uh, attempts to uh, scale up its uh, geothermal uh, well placement activity across the west of the UK. Uh, this will be shallow wells, so they'll probably be lower temperature as, and uh, probably for uh, space heating developments of various kinds by uh, industry and uh, councils as opposed to uh, power uh, development be uh, because in the UK anyway, there is a, a, a pretty close correlation between how deep a hole is and how hot it'll be for the fluids down there. Uh, yeah, I was getting a bit of a lesson on that from the Campbell School of Mines last week. We were actually quite excited about ge geothermal in Cornwall. Um, OK, look, uh, also you love your diamonds, you love petrodiamonds. Well, not necessarily love petrodiamonds, you love other particular diamond companies, but you like diamonds in general. Uh, they've had some petrodiamonds that have had some interim results today, haven't they, Paul? Yes, they did. And just to be brief about it for them, uh, is uh, revenues had risen by 49% because of the number of exceptional stones they'd recovered in the half, uh, just shy of $78 million US. And uh, that uh, also uh, a contributing factor is a 16% uh, overall in rough diamond prices. And they have improved their balance sheet with a reduction of 76 million in their debt uh, to 152 million on the books. And their cash position uh, rose uh, to 257 million. So they're uh, trying to claw this business back. Uh, 2022 production guidance is uh, something around or, or close to 3.6 million carats to be produced, and uh, only about 78 million uh, to 92 million of capex will be required uh, in sustaining uh, numbers for the year. So definitely trying to claw back here on the back of a, a better diamond market. Very good. Anything else you want to quickly mention or should we call it a day? Yeah, real quick, just to say that we do have a move of gold over $1,900 an ounce and silver over $24 an ounce. And that's specifically on the back of these uh, increasing tensions in Ukraine. Yeah, it's only just, I mean, gold was up to 1920. It's back down to 1902 at the moment. 
Uh, actually, silver's just come off the top a, a little bit too. Um, but yeah, the tensions in Ukraine are certainly sending commodity prices higher, but I think we're in a commodity super cycle anyway. So uh, very good. We'll speak again tomorrow, Paul. To you then.